Welcome to Workplace English Pod, a great way to improve your English on the go. Workplace English Pod is brought to you by Workplace English Training ePlatform, the internet's largest business English resource for learners and teachers of business English. You can subscribe to Workplace English Training ePlatform at www.workplace-english-training.com and get access to podcast transcripts, study notes, interactive exercises, and thousands of additional resources in the training center. Passing on telephone messages to clients. Remember, when passing on messages to clients, details are very important. It does no good to relay a message if you've forgotten the time of the appointment or can't remember the name of the person calling. Everyone makes mistakes, and sooner or later, most people forget a detail. But the most important thing is communicating this information clearly and accurately. When you're being given a message to pass on to someone, never be afraid to ask for clarification, repetition, or anything else, particularly when dealing with detailed information. It's much more important to ask a few times and be sure it's right than to give out the wrong information. In this podcast lesson, you're going to listen to Beth relaying some messages to her company's clients. Beth works as a receptionist for a large garment manufacturer. Today is the first day back in the office after a one-week holiday, and several managers are still on vacation. They've instructed Beth to pass on messages to clients they know will be calling. In the first situation, you're going to listen to Beth passing on a message to a client. Berman Textiles, how can I help you? Could I please speak with Mr. Brown? I'm sorry, Mr. Brown is out of the office today. Could I ask your name, sir? Yes, I'm Paul Dye. Oh, yes, Mr. Dye. Mr. Brown asked me to relay a message to you if you called this morning. Okay. He wanted me to tell you that the goods were shipped from the factory to your new Beijing address, but that the linens you requested have been delayed due to a customs problem and they won't be shipped until next Wednesday. Sorry, I'm on the cell and you're breaking up a bit. Did you say the linens are delayed? That's right, sir. They're delayed because of a customs problem. But the other goods were shipped to the Beijing address. Okay, got it. Did he say how he shipped the goods? Yes, he said that they were shipped via GHM shipping. Great. Thanks for passing on that information. Have a great day. You too, Mr. Dye. Beth answers the first call with a standard opening. She says, Berman Textiles, how can I help you? She states the name of the company, and she asks how she can help. As she is a receptionist, it's not necessary for her to state her name. This is optional. Let's now practice some standard call openings. Repeat these sentences after me. Berman Textiles, how can I help you? Berman Textiles, how may I help you? Berman Textiles, what can I do for you? The caller wants to speak to someone in the company and asks, Could I please speak with Mr. Brown? 
Use the polite request phrases, Could I please speak to or with? Or, May I speak to or with? Followed by the person's name. Note that you can include please before the main verb or at the end of the sentence. You could also use the phrase, I'd like to speak to, but this is a little less polite and more direct than, could I speak to? Let's practice using these phrases. Repeat these sentences after me. Could I speak to John Jennings, please? May I please speak to John Jennings? I'd like to speak to John Jennings. There are a number of standard phrases you can use to let the caller know that the person they want to speak to is out, unavailable, or just busy. Let's hear what Beth says. I'm sorry, Mr. Brown is out of the office today. Could I ask your name, sir? First of all, she apologizes by saying, I'm sorry. Then she explains why Mr. Brown can't answer the phone. And finally, she asks for the caller's name. These are the three steps that you should take whenever someone is unable to take a call. But you can vary the language you use. Instead of saying, I'm sorry, it is common to say, I'm afraid. Let's practice. I'm afraid Mr. Brown is out of the office at the moment. I'm afraid Mr. Brown is not available right now. I'm afraid Mr. Brown is in a meeting at the moment. Beth says, Could I ask your name, sir? When asking for the caller's name. When asking for a caller's name, we usually use the following phrases. Listen and repeat them after me. Could I ask your name? May I ask your name? Could I have your name? Can I have your name? May I have your name? Of course, it is more polite if you add please to the end of these phrases. When Beth hears that the caller is Paul Dye, she remembers that she needs to pass on a message to him from Mr. Brown. She says, Oh yes, Mr. Dye. Mr. Brown asked me to relay a message to you if you called this morning. To relay something is to pass it on to someone else. We can also say, pass on a message, or give a message, as in these sentences. Practice repeating them after me. Mr. Brown asked me to pass on a message to you. Mr. Brown told me to give you a message. Mr. Brown has a message for me to give you. Mr. Brown wanted me to give you a message. I have a message here for you from Mr. Brown. Let's hear again how Beth passes on the messages to the caller. She says, He wanted me to tell you that the goods were shipped from the factory to your new Beijing address, but that the linens you requested have been delayed due to a customs problem, and they won't be shipped until next Wednesday. Normally, when we report what someone else has said, we use reported speech. When you're passing on messages, however, just give the message to the caller in a natural way, as if the message comes directly from you. There's no need to change the tense of the verbs, etc., 
to show that the speech is reported. But it is important to inform the caller that this message comes from someone else and not from you. So the first phrase is important. Beth says, He wanted me to tell you that... Here are some other useful starting phrases. Repeat these phrases after me. Ms. Jones said that... David asked me to let you know that... Ms. Wong wanted me to tell you that... Mr. Hackett said to tell you that... Nancy told me to ask you if... If you are the caller, it is important that you check to make sure that you've understood the message correctly. Notice how the caller asks for clarification of one of the details. He says, Sorry. I'm on the cell and you're breaking up a bit. Did you say the linens are delayed? Beth could have answered this with a short, simple yes. However, she goes further than this to make sure the caller understands the message fully. She says, That's right, sir. They're delayed because of a customs problem. But the other goods were shipped to the Beijing address. She confirms the delay, explains the reason for the delay, and repeats the last part of the message. It doesn't take long to repeat a message, even if you haven't been asked to repeat it. To be safe, if you feel the caller is unclear, repeat the whole message again. The caller confirms that he's understood the message by saying, Okay, I've got it. I've got it means I understand. He could also have said, Okay, I understand now. Thanks, I'm clear now. In the next situation, you're going to listen to Beth passing on another message to a client. Berman Textiles, how can I help you? I'm hoping I can speak with Jennifer Grant. I'm sorry, Jennifer won't be back in the office until tomorrow morning. Can I have your name? Yes, this is Pierre Tremblay. Oh, hello, Mr. Tremblay. Ms. Grant has a message for me to give you. She wanted you to know that the Thursday meeting has been moved to Friday morning at 10 a.m. Oh, okay. Thanks. And she also wanted me to tell you that they have shifted the meeting room from the 8th floor to the 9th. Okay. You're a lifesaver. Will you tell her that I will call her tomorrow afternoon? I have a question about the content. Certainly I will tell her. Have a good day. The pattern of this dialogue is similar to the first dialogue. Here, we'll just focus on the message part of the dialogue. Let's hear Beth again. Oh, hello, Mr. Tremblay. Ms. Grant has a message for me to give you. She wanted you to know that the Thursday meeting has been moved to Friday morning at 10 a.m. Oh, okay. Thanks. And she also wanted me to tell you that they have shifted the meeting room from the 8th floor to the 9th. You'll notice this time Beth doesn't give the whole message in one go. After the first part, she pauses to allow the caller to confirm that he understands. This is good practice, especially if there is more than one part to the message. To indicate there's a further part to the message, Beth uses the phrase, And she also wanted me to tell you that. Here are some other phrases to introduce a further part to a message.
Repeat these phrases after me. He also said that, and he asked me to let you know that. She also wanted me to tell you that. And he said to tell you that. She also told me to ask you if. In the next situation, you're going to listen to Beth passing on a third message to a client. Berman Textiles, this is Beth speaking. How can I help you? Hi, Beth. This is Neil Crane. I was hoping that I could speak to Jake Brown. Oh, sorry, Neil. Mr. Brown is out until tomorrow, but he wanted me to give you a message. Oh, great. Okay. What's the message? He wanted you to know that the Archer account has canceled their last two orders because of a customs problem. He wants you to call the duty ministry and see if you can track where the last two shipments are, and then call Archer and see if you can get them to take those orders anyway. If they will only be another day or so, they may still take the goods. He wanted me to stress the urgency and that we get moving soon on this. Okay, got it. Thanks a lot, Beth. Will he be in in the morning tomorrow? Yes, and he wanted you to call him then. I'll do that. Thanks. In the final dialogue, we'll focus on the language you should use when someone is out, unavailable, or just can't take a call at that time. Let's hear Beth again. Oh, sorry, Neil. Mr. Brown is out until tomorrow, but he wanted me to give you a message. As we mentioned earlier, the first thing you need to do. Is to apologize for the person not being available. In this case, Beth seems to know the caller since she addresses him by his first name. She says, "Oh, sorry, Neil." In fact, it is good practice to include the caller's name if you know it. You can include the caller's name if you use the phrase "I'm sorry" or "I'm sorry, but." Practice repeating these sentences after me. I'm sorry, Jane. Mr. Tam is out of town until next Monday. I'm sorry, Mr. Williams, but Mr. Smith is in a meeting at the moment. I'm sorry, Paul. Nancy has just stepped out of the office. I'm sorry, Ms. Evans. But Miss Benson is off sick at the moment. If you don't use the phrases "I'm sorry" or "I'm sorry, but," you can use the phrase "I'm afraid." Let's practice saying the same sentences with "I'm afraid." Repeat these after me. I'm afraid Mr. Tam is out of town until next Monday. I'm afraid Mr. Smith is in a meeting at the moment. I'm afraid Nancy has just stepped out of the office. I'm afraid Ms. Benson is off sick at the moment. Moving on to the message part of the dialogue, listen to Beth again and note how she breaks up the message so it's easier for the caller to understand. He wanted you to know that the Archer account has canceled their last two orders because of a customs problem. 
He wants you to call the duty ministry and see if you can track where the last two shipments are, and then call Archer and see if you can get them to take those orders anyway. If they will only be another day or so, they may still take the goods. He wanted me to stress the urgency and that we get moving soon on this. Beth breaks the message down in short sentences. As with the other messages, she introduces the message with a phrase to make clear that the message is from someone else. She says, He wanted you to know that. Also, at intervals, she continues to use similar phrases to introduce other parts of the message. She says, He wants you to call. And, He wanted me to stress the urgency. Using such phrases makes it easier for the message giver. Instead of saying, You should call the duty ministry, Beth says, He wants you to call the duty ministry. Instead of saying, This is really urgent, she says, He wanted me to stress the urgency. These phrases allow you to give direct messages in an indirect manner. If someone gives you a message to pass on to a caller, make sure you write it down so you remember to include all the points. This is particularly important if the message has more than one part. When passing on a message, use an introductory phrase to make clear that the message is from someone else. If the message is complex, break it down into short sentences. Use connectives such as and and also to indicate that there are further parts to the message. If you are receiving a message, make sure that you query anything that isn't totally clear. Ask the speaker to rephrase or repeat what they have said. Finally, confirm that the message is clear. You can subscribe online at www.workplace-english-training.com.